It is a quite a common condition. I think men, by and large, are probably you know a decade or so behind women in terms of embracing, enhancing, or improving their body. Mm-hmm. And so, I think just if if anyone's listening who knows someone who has this condition, I think it's important to, for them to understand that there are treatments available because it, it can be so very embarrassing and, and difficult and restrict some of the activities that you want to do. Kate and welcome back to Keeping It Real, the podcast covering the oft obscure topic of male plastic surgery. Today we're talking about gynecomastia, the medical term for a condition more commonly referred to without much originality or tact as man boobs. It's a surprisingly common condition caused by an imbalance of the hormones estrogen and testosterone in men, which can be caused by a variety of factors which we will unpack in today's episode. Sadly, thanks to general societal attitudes, men with gynecomastia can feel embarrassed or held back by the condition and may not even know that there are solutions available. So please, if you know anybody who you think would benefit from hearing this podcast, share it with them. And while you're at it, please rate and subscribe to help other people answer their plastic surgery questions. Welcome, Richard. So, what exactly is gynecomastia? Because I think feel like there's a there like even when you look it up, it says also known as man boobs. But I don't think that that's actually correct because not all man boobs are gynecomastia, and not all, all ah. things. Yeah. But please elaborate. So literally, it is man boobs, mm. gynecomastia. So um, that's the literal translation. Uh, but I think we also use it for males who have larger breasts which often involves fat more fat than breast tissue but also a skin excess uh, when they've lost a lot of weight Mm -hmm. so it's that is slightly different and the treatment is slightly different than true gynecomastia which can occur without weight gain Um, but so yeah kind of is man boobs but they're the two broad broadly speaking the two different varieties um so what causes gynecomastia uh, so the most common form, which is the non-weight uh, loss form, um, is just hormonal. So it occurs around puberty. It's very, very common. And in 80% of men, it will resolve. Um, so for most patients, there's no known cause. It just It's hormonal. It happens and mostly it'll go away. But um, if it doesn't, then there are some surgical options which will go through. Um, in terms of more specific or, or specific causes, there are some medications which cause it. Um, so some of the weirdly sort of medications you might take for um, um, stomach ulcers, they can cause it. Um, the most obvious and most common one is steroids. So mm-hmm. um, some of the muscle, so for men who are taking steroids for gaining muscle, mm-hmm. That one of the side effects is um, a, a male bro- uh, breast growth. Um, and then, um, shall we say, some of the recreational. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, do you have um, illicit drugs and alcohol? So, the alcohol is sort of more related to sort of fat metabolism and things right. like that, I think. Because so. on the Mayo Clinic website, it's like, it's like, how can I prevent it? And it says, don't drink alcohol. I mean, mm. Okay, I don't know if that's. The I, I think it would be thing. excessive alcohol, and it would be related to f- weight gain. Yeah, right, right, right. Okay, 
Yeah, because they do mention marijuana. And yes. they also said like um, Adderall because obviously that's um, amphetamines. Yeah. In it. It's just that some people process that as a superpower one instead. As I said, <laughs> recreational. <laughs> um, uh, da, 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 da. Okay, yeah. So gynecomastia, like it's triggered by the decrease in the hormone. Like so you have so men have less testosterone than estrogen and then that can kind of be yeah. done in all these multitude of ways. When you said about um, like 80% of boys, it kind of just like solving itself. Yep. I saw somewhere that gynecomastia in infants, more than half of male infants are born with enlarged breasts because of the mother's yeah. estrogen. Yeah. But then that all kind of goes away. Like, Yeah. So th- this is different. It wouldn't mm-hmm. persist from yeah. birth. Um, that That's quite common. Yeah. So like two to three weeks afterwards, it kind of goes away. Yeah. Which yeah, is so yeah, funny, like yeah. to think that if anybody's even looking at, like a little rolly, fatty baby boy. And I'm like, noticing that. Yeah, yeah, I, I suppose the point is that there is breast tissue in all males um, and yeah. if, if the hormone balance is not right, then you will develop breast enlargement of that breast tissue, yeah. which in a male is called gynecomastia. And then what about um, – because also there's kind of like three big phases it hits. That's an infant because yep. of the mother – during puberty while your yep. body's just kind of working itself out. And then also in adults and kind of like older males, what kind of brings that on? I'd so be the same. It'd be sort of a decrease in, in testosterone most likely. And um, is that just like a normal part of life? Uh, you don't see it so often. Um, that that That's also probably a little bit of weight-related uh, yeah, right. changes as well, I would think. Right. Gotcha. Um, so what about health conditions that can cause it? Um. So any condition that where you've got an excess of steroids mm-hmm. could bring it on. Um, are certain tumours, say, of the you know, testicles or some of the other glands producing um, some of those hormones could mm-hmm. cause it. Um, but, you know, they're, they're in the minority. Yeah, right. Okay. It's so, a lot more of the... Um, yeah, it's, it's mainly either um, incidental mm-hmm. or... Related to one of those those drugs, I'm not sure I've ever seen sort of true medical call patient who who has had gynecomastia as a side effect of a uh, a bigger disease. Yeah, right. So when men come in here to have surgery, gynecomastia surgery, um, what does that surgery look like? Like, how does, what does that entail? So um, it depends. So there's two things really that I assess. Uh, in in men who present this way, so one is um, the amount of gland tissue, um, and how much fat is is part of that as well, um, and the other thing is skin. So in in the specific gynecomastia patients, the skin is usually not bad, and um, it's mainly just gland tissue and maybe a little bit of fatty tissue. In the weight loss patient, there is usually excess skin and actual droopiness of the breast much like you would see uh, in, in a female patient, you know, post-children and breastfeeding or weight loss, um, where the, the, the nipple is actually hanging down below the fold and there's a lot of skin excess. So there's, there's two that very different approaches depending largely on what the skin is like and whether there's an excess of skin. So what about if they, it's not a skin excess? How, what does the surgery look like? Yeah, so um, my approach to this has kind of evolved over, actually, my approach to both of the both situations has evolved. So, if the skin is fine, my first approach is to just 
do liposuction. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so it's a, a two centimetre, one centimetre incision uh, uh, on the chest, sort of directly below where the nipple is. Um, and I just do liposuction until it is all thinned out um, and then obviously do it on the other side through a similar incision. And so it's done under a general anaesthetic, lots of local anaesthetic, usually sort of a, a pretty um, quick recovery, often just a day case. What's changed, and it's changed a little bit because the liposuction cannulas are now different and the machines are a bit different. So we've talked about it before, we use a PAL, with, which is the pulse-activated liposuction. So that helps to break up the tissue. With the older liposuction cannulas, it didn't break up the breast tissue as well. And so you, so you usually had to make an incision um, under the areola and sort of flip up the areola like you would flip up the um, hood of a car <laughs> and and then remove um, the glandular tissue. Okay. So I suppose 20 years ago, people didn't do so much liposuction and it mm. was all open and you'd lift up the areola. So you sort of make a, an incision from, say, 3 o'clock to 9 o'clock mm-hmm. on the areola, flip it up and then lift up all the skin and remove um, the glandular tissue. Oh, wow, okay. Now I use that as – that's my sort of backup. Mm-hmm. So if I do liposuction and there's still some glandular tissue because the fatty tissue will all come up and there's still some glandular tissue, then I'll open it up and I'll cut it out. But I haven't had to do that probably in 10 years. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like I see quite a few men with this problem. Um, so in most cases uh, I can – I can get all of the tissue out just using liposuction. So it's just a two-centimetre incision. The big problem or one of the big complications or unwanted uh, outcomes is if uh, too much tissue is removed and you get what's called a dinner plate deformity where the breast around, around the areola and around that is concave. Yeah, right. I feel like I can see that in my head. I can yes, it may have been highlighted on. on a few recent uh, yes. news programs right, 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 where right, right. Um, that that technique mm-hmm. sort of was taken too far. And I've had to try and correct some of those and they're very, very difficult. Mm-hmm. So Because there's not much space because um, there's been so much liposuction. The skin is so thin, so... It's hard to do fat grafting because there's nowhere for the fat oh, to right. go, um, and so it's it's almost impossible to correct. So, in some ways, you're better off being on a bit on the conservative side because it's much easier to come back and take out a little bit more um, fat or gland tissue at a second operation uh, than trying to put back in. But you can generally get a pretty good feel for it on the table. And uh, I I think like uh, you know it's actually the revision rate I think for that is is pretty low, mm-hmm. um, and you can get a really good result with a minor scar for um, to to correct that problem. When you said just to jump around a little bit, um, like that it's kind of common with um, boys going through puberty, and most of them kind of course correct. Is there kind of an age limit where you're like, okay, well, this isn't – like we have somebody coming in soon and he's away at school camp at the moment. Yeah. Like, so he's coming in for that. Is there like an age limit where you're like, oh, okay, it doesn't look like it's going to course correct or – Well, um, there's – yeah, I mean, I mean when, you know, 
when does puberty end? So usually for you know male that might be 16, 17, 18. So I'd probably mm-hmm. wait till then. But it also depends a bit on how it's evolving. So uh, the patient might get a sense for you know it's decreasing, it's um, staying staying mm-hmm. the same, or it's still increasing. And depending on how how much it's impacting their their life, you know, you, you may decide to operate, understanding that you may need to repeat it if if there's more breast growth. Um, I mean, this can be this can um, uh, be quite uh, difficult for young boys to deal with because they they don't feel comfortable taking their tops off. They don't feel comfortable even in necessarily in a t shirt because. Yeah. Uh, they, it, it does look like they've they've got little breast buds. Mm. What are you doing? There's a lot of loose skin. So in that situation, you need a very very different approach because you've got to address the skin, and you've got to address the nipple, um, and so you can't correct those things without making incisions. And so I've tried a lot of different approaches with that. So I've I've done it when I I just do a transverse incision and then have the nipple sort of coming up either above or within the scar. Uh, that's okay, but you end up with a really long scar. And in my experience, the scar's not great. It tends to be quite a thickened scar. Uh, and, it, and it does it only uh, corrects the skin laxity in one dimension, so vertically. Um, so what I tend to do now, and I, like I've done this probably now for 10 years, is actually do incisions similar to what I would do for a, female breast reduction, mm-hmm. so the anchor, wise pattern, skin excision. So the only issue that you have is when we move the nipple in a female breast reduction, um, we use use that the nipple and the tissue that it's on to actually create a, a, a breast shape. Mm-hmm. And so you're trying to avoid that in a male. So depending on where the nipple is sitting uh, and how much tissue is attached to that, um, you, you maybe that's not a great option because you then leave them with sort of a, a bigger breast or a more yeah. projecting breast. So you need to maybe alter uh, how you make that um, um, uh, pedicle. Mm-hmm. But more commonly, if it's a lot of tissue, what I do is I just do a free nipple graft because right. um, there's not much downside mm-hmm. in a male to doing that because they're not – going to be breastfeeding yeah. and so so the the issue of breastfeeding is out of the equation and so it just then comes down to whether they lose feeling in their nipple mm-hmm. most males in my experience aren't too fussed one way or the other mm-hmm. um and uh, and you could lose feeling if you used a pedicle anyway so um if you're worried that the tissue um that's in the pedicle that's that carries the blood supply to the nipple is going to be too big, then, um, yeah, it's just easier to a free nipple graft. Having said that, sometimes just having just a little bit of fullness isn't bad because it kind of accentuates the pec yeah. muscle as well. So you can tolerate a little bit of it, mm-hmm. um, but um, oftentimes I'll, I'll, just do, I'll just do a free nipple graft. Yeah, but right. still the same skin excision. And the advantage of, of that in having a horizontal and a vertical incision is that you're, you're reducing the skin not only horizontally with the vertical incision but also vertically with the horizontal. So get some of the skin out from 
under the arms and on the lateral chest. Uh, and it also breaks up the scar, so you don't just have one long scar. Yeah. And so there's less tension also yeah, on the yeah. scar. Is there – oh, is that why the upper back one hurts so much? You know people always the tension. Well, back. it's why the scar on the back, upper back mm. does tend to be a little bit uh, not as fine as scar, a bit more stretched. Yeah, right. Yeah. Most men that come in, so like, you know, we have a lot of massive weight loss patients. Yep. If they're coming in and getting a tummy tuck, is it quite common for them to get the gynecomastia as well or is it not um, necessarily affected by the two? Oh, I'd say uh, there's not as much crossover as you, as you probably see with the mummy makeover in women. Yeah. So, you know, that for me, you know, at least fif- probably 50% of um, women having a tummy procedure are having um, a breast procedure as well um, with the men having, you know, lower body lifts or tummy tucks it would be a lower percentage for sure. So right. they're usually presenting just with that, but mm-hmm. not always. I, I did – I operated on someone last week, which was body lift and, and, mm-hmm. a, and a gynecomastia. Um, are there any non-surgical ways to get rid of gynecomastia? None that work, unfortunately, <laughs> <laughs> um, as, as per usual on this uh, podcast. Uh, the, um, the mini anything doesn't often – or often has many results. So I think people have tried the cool sculpting and, and similar things, but it's kind of, um, you know, almost, I mean, almost certainly doomed to failure because it's not fatty tissue. Mm-hmm. And so the cool sculpting's not, um, you know, causing the, the breast cells to yeah, right, right, right. disappear. So, um, so I'm not aware of any other way of doing it. I mean, obviously... If you're, you know, if you've got any of those causes that we talk, if you, if you stop um, doing anabolic steroids, then it <laughs> might go down. Not always, though. So sometimes yeah. um, the changes that you've you've seen as a result of the drugs don't make it go away. So interesting. Um, and there isn't any way to prevent it, really, because it's uh, no. I not, mean, not the, the, the weight loss related one. Yeah. So yeah, the one. Uh, that occurs with um, puberty, um, which is p- probably the most common. Um, there's 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 nothing in anyone's lifestyle or yeah um, anything that they've done which you could have avoided to, yeah. to to make it go away. I think like pretty important to stress. I think people are like, oh, testosterone is boy hormone and estrogen is girl hormone, but it's like, oh, we all have both. It's yeah, just like it's more of a, just an imbalance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anything you'd like to add about the world of gynecomastia? Uh, I mean, I just think I mean it. It is a, a quite a common condition. I think men, by and large, are probably you know a decade or so behind women in terms of embracing, enhancing, or improving their body. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we certainly probably see. Yeah, I, I think it's probably eight to two women compared to men. Yeah. Um, and so I think just if, if anyone's listening who knows someone who has this condition, I think it's important to, for them to understand that there are treatments available because it, it can be so very embarrassing and, and difficult and restrict some of the activities that you want to do. So um, anyone out there who's interested, I'm not gonna... it, 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 it is a good treatment. If you liked this episode of Keeping It Real, please like and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. 
And while you're there, why don't you have a flick through our past episodes? We'd love to hear your requests for future topics. So send your suggestions through to us on IG at Replastic Surgery. That's all for today. And we'll catch you next time for another peek into the world of plastic surgery.